Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by now. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Moore cuts back. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. Tanner Lee and Evan Webb back for a brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. Wrong podcast. Wow. Hot start. Hot start. Hot start. Uh, pumped to do this podcast tonight. Uh, it's always a little better after a win. Absolutely. As we've said many times, the one thing, you know, Seasons that when you win, it's great because you have a whole week to just enjoy. Versus you know basketball, which you've got maybe a couple days, maybe a whole week, depending on the, the time of year in the season. But yeah, football—if you win, just kind of take it all in and relax for a whole week and get ready for the next Saturday. And I feel like Purdue deserves to take a whole week, and um, or Purdue fans deserve to take a whole week and relish the win because. We had to wait over five hours for the darn game to even resume on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, not able to watch any of the game. Was busy all day Saturday, and you know, I when it started, I was kind of trying to follow on my phone. I was able to catch a little bit of it um, live, um, then I had to do other stuff, and then I saw it went into weather delay, and then I, you know, and when I had some free time, I kept checking. I was like, oh, we're, they're still reevaluating. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to start back at six fifteen. Um, so when I would watch it, I was able to kind of follow it a little bit on my phone. So at least we got it. And I believe I thought I heard that. I think Purdue is four and oh in weather delayed games. Yes, four and oh. So there's a the key. Let's just uh delay every game. I think one was like 89 against Iowa, and then 20 or 2000 and nah. either six or seven. Oh, yeah, against Eastern, against Illinois. Eastern Illinois, and then 2017 against Minnesota, and then Saturday against Virginia Tech. Uh, but man, it was a long weather delay. I knew I, I, I was, uh, I had a, uh, United Way trivia fundraiser event going on at six o'clock. Uh, and you know, at the time when I committed to, I'm like, oh, you know, Purdue games earlier in the day, there's going to be no conflict or anything. <laughs> Little did I know a five hour and 38 minute rain delay, which is the longest in college football history for a game that resumed, by the way. That's wild. Um, we would run into that, but, uh, Purdue, I think definitely benefited from it a little bit um the crowd was not did not uh return to be a sellout crowd uh -huh. which was the case when the uh, bad weather came in uh but at the same time purdue already had a 7-0 lead it was in virginia tech territory when the game resumed now purdue ended up going three and out in virginia mm -hmm. tech territory but but that's also i was nervous i'm like man you know we had momentum we got mm -hmm. the hot start couldn't really ask for a better start um, getting a three and out in Virginia Tech, then going down and scoring, then getting another three and out, and then then driving again. And I'm like, of course, the weather's going to come in. And I was already ready for to use the weather as mm -hmm. every excuse in the world if we lost the mm -hmm. game. Yeah. I, I was already ready for it. But play resumed. 
Drew got off the hot start again, got up 17-0. I'm thinking, this might be a route. Yeah. I knew better. Should have known better. Because then by halftime, it was 17-17. Virginia Tech literally scored 17 points in like the last yeah. seven minutes of the second quarter. And then, uh, so I'm like, oh, great. We're, you know, they've already went through a five-hour and 38-minute rain delay. Now they're up 17, let that lead slip. Where their, Where's their mind going to be? Mm-hmm. But uh team just kept fighting and clawing and ended up getting that one more touchdown that they needed to win 24-17. And, and kudos to the defense for pitching a shutout in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool to see, you know, Mockaby kind of put the game on ice with some good runs towards the end of the game. Um I thought, yeah, I heard some. I might have been Golden Black. They said that there was reports of anywhere between like two and four inches of rain during that time. Like it's, I thought I saw somewhere. I thought three and a half. I think yeah was 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 a number I saw. Which yeah, that's a lot of rain. So I can't like I, I I mean obviously I said I didn't watch it, but I mean was there a lot of throws in the second half? Like I wasn't sure. Like with I know like I mean we knew Brahms team struggled with with inclement weather, so I wasn't sure how this team would respond. Um. Yeah, still, still, I would say a lot of throws on each side by mm-hmm. Purdue and Virginia Tech, uh, but still more run, runs than Brom and company mm-hmm. would have done. Which I love Ryan Walter's quote: "We're gonna throw to put up points. We're gonna run the ball to win." Yep. Because I and yeah. I think Tom Tom Dean Deanhart uh, uh, said it best too. You know, all off season he was saying Hudson Cards kind of the stir or the straw that stirs oh, the drink. drink. Now, yep. now he's changed that to Devin Mockaby. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, look at the stats right here. Mockaby 21 rushes for 108 yards, average of four and a half. Um, Tyrone Tracy had was four for 51 um, with a touchdown. And then Card was third with 12 rushes for 34 yards. And then Dylan Downing was, you know, six for 22. So it's pretty good spread. I mean, 215 yards on the ground across the board. I mean, almost as much as we had through the air, which was 248. Um, I mean, another big thing, another big takeaway from the game is uh, another game, another, uh, or another game of no no turnovers, which I think is huge. Cam Allen came up with a pick. Mm-hmm. Did he have? Did we have a couple picks? Yeah, two we had two. Uh, yeah, Dylan Thieneman got another one with seven tackles. So once again, he led a team in tackles, got a pick. Got to think he'd be a freshman All American if the season mm-hmm. ended today, and he might be a freshman defensive player in the Big Ten if if yeah. if it ended today. So. Uh, Thad Moody on Facebook here said four and a half inches of rain is what ESPN had on the screen when the game Holy finally crap. restarted. And I thought I heard that actually they didn't even, because the game got delayed start, they actually didn't even come out to enter Sandman, which I mean, they, they did not come out to enter Sandman. So the game came on TV at twelve fifteen instead of noon, mm-hmm. which I'm like, all right, no big deal. I didn't think we'd get another delay. Um, but they played inner Sandman right before the kickoff. So the stadium was still jumping, and that's when gotcha. it was a split screen between Walters and uh, Pry or Ply or whatever Virginia Tech's coach's name is. And that's when Walters was belting out Inter Sandman. And I'm like, that just got my okay. juices flowing because I'm like, awesome. he's that's having awesome. fun. Yeah. Our past head coach wouldn't have been doing that. And yeah. he was just, you could tell he, he just yeah. embracing the moment. It. Yep. Yeah. His first road game as a head coach. Uh, uh, you know, Virginia Tech's not the program they were even a decade ago, but still a, a heck of a place to play. A great college uh, tradition there with Inner Sandman. They love their football. They love their football uh, there. 100%. So uh, he was still taking it in, and I liked seeing that. I Just the more I see out of him, um, I'm kicking myself for not even being that pumped up the day it was announced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in December. Um, well, I mean, just think we were super excited when Hazel was announced. So let's, that's let's, true. <laughs> it even matters what we even think at the time being. That's um, true. 
No, yeah, I saw that because I didn't realize that was Inner Sandman. Um, like I said, maybe didn't hear the audio from that video, but yeah, I mean, it's a the nice thing is you know the players kind of respond, kind of act like you know if the coach is uptight, you know, nervous, the players are gonna, players going to feed off that. So if the player, if the coach is loose, you know, having fun with it, hopefully that kind of reflects and errors and to walk that because the one thing I do worry about like with the young coaching staff, um, especially them not being obviously being a new coaching staff is just you know you can have fun and you know be a player's coach, but there's you know you wonder where like, you know, discipline issues, things like that, which obviously we've seen some stuff off the field, but um, which, you know, obviously can be addressed internally, but we feel like, I feel like we haven't really seen a lot of like on the field, you know, things we, even like we saw last year, I mean, talking about the Syracuse game coming oh, up, we'll, like, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Like just the boneheaded penalties yeah. and just, the undis- you know, being undisciplined on certain things. So yep. hopefully it sounds like, I, mean, I know they said they preach it. I mean, every coach probably said they preach it, but it seems like it's working so far. Yeah. Um, and Thad Mooney, I don't know if he's still watching it on Facebook. If so, maybe he can comment to this because he's the one who texted me about it. He said what he liked, what he saw from Walters on Saturday was somebody made a mistake. And Walters kind of took the took him to the side, gave him a chewing a little bit for maybe two or three seconds, but then kind of pat him on the helmet like, all right, that's over with, let's go. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the past we've seen guys just lose their confidence and their demeanor mm-hmm. by just getting ripped to shreds. So I think there's definitely ways to do that as a coach. You can, oh, yeah. you can get on them, but then let them know you still got their back. Yeah. There's really, I mean, there's no right way to do it. I feel like, no. I mean, I feel like every player is different. We kind of saw with Brom, like Blau, he lay into and he did. But I think, you know, Blau could take it. You know, he was an older guy, but like, you feel like you didn't see that. Um, I feel like you didn't see Brom do that with AOC. Um, it was more of like, let's have a conversation type thing. Um, versus just I'm going to rip you a new one. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, why don't you read off some of the some of the box score there? Yeah. So um, yeah, Card was 23 of 34 for 248. So I mean more than I thought. No touchdowns, but no interceptions. Uh, longest of 36 yards. Two sacks, which so it's first sacks of the season. I've already mentioned Maccabi. Oh, so we did have 100. Okay, at my uh, oh, I was net of 95. Oh, because he lost. He had a loss of 13. Okay, so 21 rushes for 95 yards. I had predicted triple digits. Um, I was so close. Um, net of 179 for the whole team. Tyron Tracy, 4-22. And touchdown. Mockby also had a touchdown. I forgot to mention that. Dylan Downing, 6 for 22. Hudson Card, 12 for 16. And a touchdown. Um, receiving. Uh, coming into the game, I would not have told you Max Claire was going to double up the next next closest receiver with receptions. He had eight receptions for 64 yards. Uh, TJ Sheffield, four for 60. Abdurrahman Yassin, four for 50. I'm really happy to see him kind of get into the fold, get into the mix. He's, he's starting to be their, their go-to guy for possessions. If you need mm-hmm. to move the chains, he's kind of the guy to go to. Yep. Deion Burks, who after obviously after an explosive uh, first game, only one for 18. Uh, Tyron Tracy, three for 14. Dylan Downing, Maccabee each had one catch uh, for 14 and 12, uh, respectively. And then Garrett Miller, good to see him. Um, he had the one catch for eight yards. Um, I, I would assume it probably uh, – they probably took him out for safety reasons after yeah. the weather. There's like just no, there's no point yep. in having a guy with a bat on slippery surfaces. Um, Dylan Thiemann led the team in tackles again, six total or seven total tackles, six solo, one assist. Which I'm torn by that because good for yeah. him, and that means he's a good tackler. But with, especially with how far back he plays a safety, he's last yeah. r- last line in defense. So yeah. <laughs> um, Nick Scout or Scout, I can never never pronounce his new last name. Scorton, um, Scourton, yeah. yeah, four tackle or five tackles, four solo. He, he and Jenkins were they were beasts. 
the other mm-hmm. night. Just and just it, dominated. It was nice to see or read about how they seem to really uh, rotate guys in. So I think these guys were a bit more were, were more fr- were fresher mm-hmm. by the end of the game, which I feel like you really saw uh, the detriment to that in the Fresno State game, especially with the heat and how you know everything going on there. Like those guys just seemed worn down by the end, couldn't get any pressure. But it seemed like you know they made plays down the stretch when they needed to, probably because they were fresh. Um, yeah, I mean, Scoutron had three and a half tackles for loss. Jenkins had one. OC Brothers had one. Isaiah Nichols had two. Um, Snoozy Kane had one, had a tackle for a loss. Um, Cam Allen had the, had the pick, so did Dylan Dieneman. So, I mean, uh, Marquise Wilson had two pass breakups, which is awesome. I think he had the one on fourth down uh, at the end of the game, which is huge. <laughs> yeah, he and Brown play a lot of snaps, but Thieneman has played every single snap. Or he played every single snap on Saturday. I should say. I was gonna yeah. say he's played every snap last two games, but I think he missed a couple snaps. Fresno when he banged up his arm a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we do have two comments here on Facebook from Cameron Day. Not enough folded hat brims by the staff. Six point three out of ten by the staff, and he's asking if Evan Webb is in a dungeon. Might as well be. Uh, light's not working in our office here, so I figured it's. Uh, I'd rather go dark than have a strobe light going on in this room. <laughs> be distracting. For our visual listeners. Visual and he, our, our he also says, Thieneman equals Westfield boys do a different. Yep, cameras from Westfield. So I was going to guess. Yep. I was going to guess. But uh, yeah, heck was, up there. Hey, he's on pace to have 40 career interceptions, um, <laughs> assuming he's at Purdue all four years. Yeah. So yeah. a pretty good start for Dylan. Absolutely. But uh, very proud of the Boilers Saturday. Very gritty win. He, big win. They needed this win. It already feels like a breeze some fresh air into the season. I think Mm -hmm. all the fans, which were far too many that were giving up after week one, I think they've jumped back on the bandwagon Mm -hmm. now in anticipation for this big Saturday night primetime game on NBC against Syracuse coming up, which is still weird to say that Purdue's going to have a home game on NBC. Mm -hmm. But uh, did you know that there has been one game in Purdue history besides the Notre Dame games that were on, was on NBC. Was it during our lifetime? No. No. <laughs> it was the uh, Rose Bowl in the 60s. Oh, okay. It was on NBC at the time, which now is on ABC. ABC, yeah. So, okay, I didn't know yeah, that. A little, little, little nugget I, I learned by out from Alan Karpik. I mean, who else? Right. <laughs> um, but this has to be Purdue's biggest non-conference road win. I mean, at least since Missouri. Yes. But yeah. That Missouri team, like, like it, it was, they were okay. Uh, that one was more just like, I mean, it was Brahms' first year, like right. going on the road. Um, it's uh, and that was and that was more just a shock. I, remember, I couldn't watch that game either. And I remember like checking the score. I was like, holy crap, we're <laughs> kicking the crap out of them. Um, they but, dominated uh, Drew Locke that yeah. day. Yeah, and of course he returned the favor the next year. Ross he did. But, he did. Um, he did. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a. I can't. I mean, we haven't really had a ton of no because you know, we don't really play a whole games in non-con. If we do, it's you know at Notre Dame or at least as it had been. Um, obviously, Nevada was a letdown. Rice <laughs> was a letdown. Marshall was a letdown. Marshall was a letdown. Cincinnati uh, was a letdown. letdown. Yeah, Oregon. We let it slip through our fingers in 09. Mm-hmm. We did win at Toledo in 07. Yeah, but yeah, we we haven't seen too many. No. 
Wake Forest in 03. That was a good one on the road. Uh, on the road against a ranked first team. First road win against an ACC team since that game. Yep. So nice to get um, that monkey off our back a little bit. Uh, Cameron does have a uh, real question. He says, why can't they bench number 10? Talking about Cam Allen. He gets burnt every single route. It's so hard to watch him play. Yeah, we can't talk about that last week a little bit. It's, it is tough. For, especially for him being, you know, a fifth, six-year guy. I can't remember what he is. I think he's a fifth. Yeah, he's a – I mean, of course, he has the the pick, which is huge in the game. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's been yeah, a bit of a disappointment this year. I mean, for a guy who, you know, decided to come back because he could have easily traveled south on I-65 to Louisville and yep. joined that team. Um, so I was hoping he would have a better start. Hopefully hopefully it's better. But, yeah, it's been yep. a little disappointing. Yep, I was glad he got the interception. Uh, before the weather delay, they were picking on him again. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't notice it as much, but like I said, I wasn't constantly watching either the second half. Uh, there were a lot of wide receivers open and tight ends, but I think that's part of the defense, unfortunately. Uh, we're yeah. probably going to see that. Um, but thank goodness the pass rush was there. In, in the in the run defense, I mean, only gave up 11 rush yards, which is a school record. Yeah. Anytime you do that, you're going to give yourself a chance to win the ball game. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think I've heard it said that this defense really relies on a good pass rush um, in order to yeah. get the quarterback to hurry up and make and make a decision quickly. Because um, when you give them time to throw, I think yeah, there's there's a lot of holes that they can find potentially um, with the way yeah the scheme is set up. Yeah, but uh, but yep, yeah, like I said, proud of the Boilers. Uh, great defensive effort after a not so good defensive effort week one. And then offense, um, I like the balance. I like them spreading the ball around. I like that they had more designed runs for Hudson Card. I thought that was big. And Purdue so far, knock on wood, has been clean with the football. Mm-hmm. Through two weeks, they are one of two Big Ten teams and only one of nine teams nationally to yet have a turnover. Who's the Big Ten team? I think it's Michigan. Checks out. <laughs> I think. I think so. I got to go grab something from my dog real quick. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, the nice thing to see looking at, you know, their Virginia Tech's stats, um, Grant Wells, their starting quarterback was six to 33. So just barely over 50%, which was nice. Cause now we saw kind of Hudson card kind of have that same around the same stat line last week uh, in the Fresno state game of, you know, being barely over 50%, 243 yards, but also two interceptions. Uh, we did get to him three times. Uh, as Tanner said, we had, record uh low in terms of rushing yards most of that's because we sacked grant wells for negative 20, 24 yards which uh really took down their their overall net because they had one or, i mean even then like i mean they had three guys rush for what is that 51 yards in total um roughly and then they had i guess uh yeah and then had grant loss or sorry he uh grant wells got sacked for 33 yards so it was a uh, overall. It was nice to see. I didn't realize it was we had stopped them for some little rushing yards, which was really cool to see because I feel like we haven't seen a performance like that in a long time out of the defense. Well, in Virginia Tech, um, I don't know if uh, Wells got banged up or if they just decided to make the uh, weird switch. Um, the last series of the game, they took him out and put their backup quarterback in. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Yeah, really weird, but. Um, hey, more power to them. 
Yeah. Uh, Thad Moody on Facebook says, Cam Allen screams of joy with a pick or screams of anger as the hat gets thrown across the room when he gets burnt. <laughs> extremely high highs, extremely low lows. Yep, yep, the hat throw. I had one of those this weekend, but it was not by Purdue. It was not because Purdue's fault. It was my uh, pro football team hanging <clears throat> in the background there. <laughs> only took me only took me uh, two weeks of football season back, so usually it's it's not even that. <laughs> No, I probably if it would have been acceptable, I probably would have thrown my hat in Rossade against right. Fresno State, but that's that's kind of frowned upon in public a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, any other takeaways from the Virginia Tech game? I know neither of us of, of us got to watch the whole game, but no, I mean, it was. I mean, definitely a big sigh of relief when the game ended and Boilers won because you know one and one feels a lot better than would have been zero oh, and two. Because, yeah. You know, going to this game on Saturday, I mean. Yeah, we should have had the game last year in Syracuse, but they still they got the quarterback back, and he, I mean, he's a pretty good, pretty good player. They put up some mm-hmm. points, I and mean, they, I mean, they know they played toothpaste, but um, toothpaste they, and, and directional Michigan school. Yeah, they, but they put up a ton of points, so yeah, that makes me a little nervous given how the defense has you know played against the sure. past. But um, yeah, the going coming into one and one should hopefully, you know, if any of their there were fans who were on the fence about coming. To the game, hopefully that that kind of pushed them over to to showing up on on Saturday night because it could be a really cool environment um, for the first night game of the year. Yeah, it's sold out, um, and, and I saw they tweeted that the student section is officially sold out, so should be rocking. I mean, night games just hit a little differently in Ross Aid, and we're going to get at least two in a row, if not three in a row. Um, I know Illinois could be flexed to three thirty or four by NBC instead of seven or seven thirty, um, but well, we'll find that out next week either Monday or Tuesday, I think they usually announce that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know we're getting a night game this week and then a night game next Friday against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been a while, I feel like, since Purdue's got three home games in a row, mm-hmm. at least kind of entering conference season. So mm-hmm. I need to take advantage. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, I've tried to view themes optimistically anyways, but, you know, I was saying at the start or just last week, Purdue's got to find a way to go three and two at the end of the month, but now I'm kind of optimistic. Four and one's not off the table. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Illinois got waxed against Kansas. Um, we'll see if Kansas is uh, legit, um, but I, I I won't say I wasn't smiling when I saw the Illinois <laughs> getting absolutely waxed. I know they start to come back a little bit, um, so they I mean they look obviously. I mean that's I mean Purdue's done pretty well against Illinois, even I mean going mm-hmm. back. So it's like that's I like that rivalry. I mean, more and more just because it's, I mean, the closest school. Um, and obviously, you got the Ryan Walters, Brett Bielema like storyline. That's just, it's going to, um, it writes itself. And then Wisconsin, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to get optimistic about that game, but it's like, man, I mean, they look at they go out west, and I've got a, I've got a guy who works for me, he's a huge Wisconsin fan. He was saying those Pac 12 refs all day long. I'm like, mm, okay. I, I mean, I did, I did like predict. Really- during Big Ten seasons, um, but uh, I did predict them to lose out west. But it wasn't even that; it was just the way they got beat. I mean, I know they got it within a touchdown at one point, but they were just behind the eight ball. I mean, that's two weeks in a row they've got off the slow start. They got off the slow starting as Buffalo, and mm-hmm. I'm just not real impressed with that quote unquote air raid offense they're trying to run up there. So right. far, it's early. It's early. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's yeah. still a game. I'm not gonna believe it till I see it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we can win on Saturday, and then, oh buddy, that that I mean, I guess Wisconsin game's first, but man, that game is going to be. It's gonna be nutty. Not, it's gonna be nutty. Yeah, depending on 
um, who's Wisconsin? I guess we're getting to picking games later. I can't remember who Wisconsin has this week. Uh, um, they have Northern Illinois. Nope, uh, that's 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 Nebraska. They have uh, Georgia Southern. Okay, so that'll yeah, be... get right game. Yeah, um, but yeah, if we can, if we can pull, I don't want to yeah, look too far ahead. I know, we, I know. Can, well, if we, if that if Saturday goes the Boilers' way, full buddy, like that, I'll be feeling, I'll be feeling a lot better after that Fresno State game. Um, and like I'll be get, I'll be uh, looking for a uh, maybe bowl game tickets. <laughs> the, the big big time boiler on YouTube said big three game home stretch here. Four and one would be an A plus oh start. God. Oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you're speaking of beat Wisconsin, like, and then as long as you keep the bucket, and then I, I would like, I would be thrilled with that. Like, and and then, anything yeah, else is just cannon. Yeah, keep the cannon. Like, yeah, beating Wisconsin. Like as I said, being a Bears fan, I'm fully convinced I'm never going to see much football team I cheer for ever be a team from Wisconsin ever again. <laughs> um, so I'd like to I'd like for you to change that. Uh, Thad Moody here on Facebook says Kansas looked good to an extent of Illinois losing three top 100 picks in the draft. Yep. 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 And that's that's gonna be gonna be the kind of storyline for both Purdue and Illinois because I know we've got a buddy who's an Illinois fan. Oh, he says he's not. Yeah, says he's not. But yeah, he know seems to know a lot about him. Uh, (laughs) I guess. Like he's kind of sitting after the Purdue game, the Fresno game's like you know Walters is probably gonna is gonna figure out it's a little harder to run this defense without three top seventy three top one hundred picks, and Illinois is gonna figure out the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see how both teams kind of progress throughout the year. Who's who? uh, who gets better, maybe who stays the same or regresses. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It just, it's amazing what a win can do. Like I just feel yeah. <laughs> so much better tonight than I did yeah. last Thursday when we were, when we were on the pod. And speaking of Fresno State, since we we're talking about them a little bit, Brett McMurphy of the action network, he always comes out with updates, his bowl predictions as the list mm-hmm. goes on or as the year goes on every week, he has us making a bowl right now, playing Mississippi state in the Birmingham bowl. He also has Fresno State in the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. Wow. So that has to mean he has them running the table, yeah. even though it took them double overtime to beat Eastern Washington over the weekend. Yeah. They're coming off the big high of beating the Big Ten team. Ex- that, that's, that's, what I'm, that's how I'm looking at it. So so we'll see uh, We'll see what happens with Fresno. Rooting for them the rest of the way. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, yes, like we've mentioned a few times on the pod tonight, the Boilermakers host the Syracuse Orange. Still weird for me to call them Orange. I've been used to saying Orange men for so many years. Host the Syracuse Orange for the second time in uh, the history of Ross H Stadium. The other time was in two thousand four. A rare happens to that game. If it mirrors that game, that'd be great. Yes, <laughs> that was a rare Sunday ABC game on Labor Day weekend, and Kyle Orton, Taylor Stubblefield, and the boys put up fifty-one, and Syracuse put up zero yeah, that day. Great. And then, of course, last year, which is this is part of the home and home. Uh, one of the more frustrating. Purdue losses I think you and I have seen in our lifetime as Purdue lost at the uh, something something wireless dome. It used to be uh, Carrier, Carrier Dome. dome. It, was, it, was, uh, it was the Carrier Dome until like the other day I saw someone say something about it. And I was like, wait, it's not the Carrier Dome anymore? Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that last year. Um, I mean, that was just a frustrating game. You know, we thought Purdue was toast after getting down after a pick six. They were down 10 with like six or seven minutes left. 
And then Purdue fought back and got the lead with 51 seconds left. But then after a Payne Durham personal foul penalty and a Jeff Braun personal foul penalty, Purdue found themselves kicking off on their own 10-yard line. And then Syracuse scored with, what, seven seconds left or something like that. I forgot. I think I remember, like, I was, like, brushing my teeth this morning, and I remembered that that quarterback completed one pass that entire last drive, and it was the touchdown pass because he either threw an incompletion or we bailed him out with a pass interference call or something. Yep. Don't hit a penalty, and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> just re pissed myself off. Oh, it was just, it, I think all Purdue fans are frustrated yeah. this week just thinking back to that game because at the time it's like, this season's turned into a disaster. And luckily, yeah. Purdue rebounded, bounced back, won to Big Ten West, had a really good season for themselves. But at the time, we weren't so sure what it was going to, what it was going to pan out to be. So looking forward to getting some revenge or trying to get some revenge mm-hmm. on the Syracuse Orange, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. They're coming. They they're coming in holding their heads pretty high, even though, like you said, they haven't really played anybody. They played Western Michigan, who they won by a score of forty-eight to seven this past week. Then they played Colgate Week One, which they won sixty-five to zero. But uh, they are putting up some big-time stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Schrader, their quarterback, is. Uh, on Saturday, he was 19 for 30 for 286 yards, one touchdown. Week one, he was 18 for 24, 257 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Um, they also had three wide receivers go over 150 yards on Saturday. Um, Umari Hatcher led the way with nine catches, 188 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Donovan Brown had eight catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. And Isaiah Jones had eight catches for 157 yards and two touchdowns. And all three of those guys averaged over 19 yards per reception. So defensive backs might have their work cut out for them. Even the rushing attack on Saturday, uh, LaQuint Allen had 24 carries for 127 yards and four touchdowns. Wow. Um, But he is uh, no – no, I believe his name was Sean, Sean Tucker, that they lost to the NFL. Oh, yeah. Which Purdue did a pretty good job on against last year, but um, I'll be yeah. interested to see if this passing attack is better or you know rivals the same as Fresno State because Fresno State's attack was you know Keenan was was awesome. Plus you know, and I mean I mean nothing to consider is I mean Dino Babers another experienced head coach. So again, it's kind of yep. going to see like you know. Yeah, experienced coach versus you know newbie. Um, yes, a, a talented quarterback. You know, might see if is that you know that the kryptonite for this team's this seasonally starting out. So, yeah, I'd be interested. I, I don't want Purdue fans thinking like they were Fresno State. This could be a you no. Know, hey, we're gonna go in there no. and wax them because there's a good team. <laughs> well, and as of right now, Purdue's two and a half point underdogs, which blows my mind right now. Yeah. Um, I told my wife tonight. She she likes to do a little. Uh, sports betting. I said, if you want to bet on Purdue, take them tonight. Because I said that line yeah. will not be that come this week. It's either going to be a pick them or maybe even flip the Purdue side, I would think. But yeah. all the money right now is coming in on Syracuse. Uh, you were talking about Dino Babers. Dino Babers, had, he has had success in Ross State Stadium as opposing mm-hmm. head coach. He brought his Bowling Green Falcons in in 2015 and beat Daryl Hazel. I mean, and I can hear you now. Who didn't? But, uh, <laughs> But uh, he did that. He was not their coach in 2003 or in the 1970s when Bowling Green came into Ross State. So I'm glad we don't have Bowling Green on the schedule yeah. coming into Ross State for a while because they've given Purdue some problems. But Dino was also a assistant under Jim Coletto in the early 90s. 
Mm-hmm. And I believe the stories that has been shared on a few different Purdue podcasts over the past week that one of his daughters was born on Old Oak and Bucket Weekend. And so oh, really? his nickname for that daughter is Buckethead. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so he uh, he's definitely has some familiarity with Purdue and Ross-Aid and uh, seems like a good guy. He's had his ups and downs at Syracuse, to say the I least. Know, I can't remember if it was just message board rumor was but was he connected with the job at all when Brom left like was he I know he was he like always seems to be brought up as a possible yeah. candidate I don't know if yeah. there's ever been I mean it was before Hazel and he was I mean he seems to be almost every time it's open but, but he's what in his he's in his 60s now isn't he mm-hmm. so he's yeah he's, he's up there I believe so I'm gonna fact check that real quick if not he's pretty close but let me yeah let me see Dino Babers 62 okay. yeah Yep. So, and let's see what his record is at Syracuse. He is uh, thirty-eight and forty-nine at Syracuse. Seventy-five and sixty-five overall as a head coach. Prior to Bowling Green, he was a head coach at Eastern Illinois. So, yep, he was only at Bowling Green for two years. He's been at Syracuse now since twenty sixteen. Wow. So his his seasons at Syracuse went four and eight, four and eight. Ten and three, five and seven, one and ten, five and seven, seven and six, and now he's two and zero oh so far this year. Because yeah, they were, they got off to a pretty hot start last year. After, I mean, especially after the Purdue game, but then they kind of they faded. Yeah, they faded. They were they started off six and zero oh last that's year. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They started off real hot. Uh, he was uh, for anybody wondering what exactly he coached at Purdue. He's Purdue's wide receiver coach from ninety one through ninety three. Okay. So and then he's been all over the place as different position coaches until he became a head coach at Eastern Illinois in 2012. So, yeah. So very tenured. I mean, he started coaching in '84 as a grad assistant in Hawaii. Wow. So it's been all over the place. All over the place. A place so. to be a grad assistant. <laughs> yeah, you could do worse. Even though they are not a good football program anymore, but still, oh. still, still. Um, yeah, looking forward to the Orange coming in NBC. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be different. Kind of presentation on TV. Who, um, are I know the, you, who are the commentators again for NBC? Isn't it uh, God? What's his face? Uh, his son. Um, is it Collinsworth's son? Is it? Is it his son? I think he does Notre Dame stuff. Let me see. I see. I may not be. I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the same like guys who do Notre Dame games. I said no. Who? I wasn't sure if Notre Dame's at home this weekend or not. Well, that doesn't help me when I typed it in there. It's it's all source of. NBC college football announcers. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, at least Trico, but he does Notre Dame games. So Notre Dame's at uh, home. Yeah, against Central it's Michigan. Be, yeah, it's going to be those guys, that's for sure. Paul Burmeister, Chris Sims, Lewis Johnson, Todd Blackledge, Brandon Burke, Catherine Tapp, and Noah Eagle, Andrew Siciliano, which uh, he's uh, one of the red zone guys for um, – uh, let's see here. I'm trying to see if it says. Was there anything. a Big Ten game on on uh, NBC last week or this past week? I should say. Yeah, uh, Maryland and uh, Charlotte. Uh, okay, I wasn't. That Which amazing. Charlotte was up to a 14-0 start that game, but did not keep it up. And there's also a Peacock game this week in Michigan State and Washington, hmm. which will is a Big Ten <laughs> matchup come next year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to have eyeballs on it for different reasons. reasons, yeah. 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 Not only just because Washington's number eight in the country, it's because Michigan State's 
another coach yet again in a uh, um, sexual harassment. Sexual game. harassment. Yeah, I about said assault because because like yeah, that that university is just a dumpster fire. They, it's something I don't know how you how you how you fix that because it happens over and over, and over again. And yeah, I don't know. I've heard people talk, and I know like, I agree with them. I've heard people talk about, you know, hating certain universities. Like, I mean, like, I hate, you know, Indiana just for the sports and, and the fans, but it's like, I hate Michigan State for that, but also legitimate reasons of, you know, yes. people's lives and things yes. that are far bigger than sports. Yep. Uh, so it kind of supersedes any other university out there. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, stupid. But. Yep. Hard to argue that one. Hard to argue that one. Did you see Graham Harrell's quote about uh, Hudson Card today? I did, I did not know. Um, I guess he said a lot of good things, but he, uh, somebody <laughs> took a snippet, and he pretty much said how he loves coaching Hudson Card, and it's a joy to get to coach him not only in practice but on game days. He just likes to watch him play. So, That's cool. Yeah, it was neat to hear him, which he is, he is a fun quarterback to watch play. He makes things happen. I mean, on that first yeah. scoring drive the other day, he extended so many plays that would have been dead in the water last year with AOC, which AOC – a legendary Purdue quarterback. I mean, he's going to be a member of the cradle for good mm-hmm. reasons and very thankful for everything he did, but he wasn't a very mobile guy. No. So when a play broke down, it was kind of broken and, and Hudson's able to scramble around and make things happen. And you can just see, I think he's getting more confidence, more comfortable. And, uh, you know, why not? Uh, I, I say it's time for our bold and spicy predictions. Um, Hudson goes over 300 passing yards on Saturday. Ooh, buddy. Okay. Bold. <laughs> so the defense gets three picks. Oh yes. And one of them will be Dylan Thieneman. Stu <laughs> Swagger's gonna start sweating here soon because oh, yeah. it's. <laughs> so Bricardo Allen had a lot of picks his freshman year. I mean, he still ended up with a great career uh, overall in a career as far as interceptions at Purdue, but um, he never got as many as he does freshman year going forward but yeah i like that i like that if purdue gets three interceptions i like our chances of winning the game yep. I, I look forward to be another probably close entertaining football game though yeah. <laughs> i mean that's what if, if you're a college football fan you got to enjoy watching purdue games the first two weeks because they've been pretty darn entertaining yeah <laughs> well, the ESPN matchup, i mean not that this means anything mm-hmm. espn matchup predictor has syracuse with a 75 percent chance of winning <laughs> I just I don't understand. I mean, yeah. we lost to a pretty good team week one in a game we definitely could have won. Then we went on the road in week two, and and, and they beat Western Michigan and Colgate, and everybody doesn't even want to give Purdue a chance at home under the lights. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand. I hope Purdue's putting all this stuff up on um on the bulletin boards mm-hmm. in the locker room because man, um, I mean, and you sent me a thing the on three. That just ticked me off today about power rankings. They have Indiana ranked ahead of Purdue. Right. Because <laughs> if you beat Indiana State, who couldn't put up any points against Eastern Illinois, that means a, a lot more than beating a power five team on the road. Just a joke, man. Just a joke. But the um, over under is only 58 for this game. I mean, given the fact that Colgate, or it's not Colgate, uh, Syracuse has put up points so far and Purdue's shown, like, I mean, especially in the first game, it's a passing tech. They've given up a lot of points and you're only under over unders or the line's only two and a half. You figured it'd be a little bit higher score yeah. than that. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where it ends up. 
come yeah. this weekend, both the line and the over and under. Well, but, it was announced what yesterday that uh, a surprise was we saw both Garrett Miller and Gus Hartwig on the two D. Yes, I mean yes, Gus was starting with this. I know they Walter said it's still not guaranteed as a starter, but it's progress. I mean, I, th- I was expecting not until maybe October at the earliest. Yep. So if we can... Yep. It's it was nice to have Colton Coltenberger back um, as a, as a, you know he's the backup center. I think he made a big difference. I thought the line I thought the line played pretty good. On Saturday, I mean, you know, there's still a lot of room for improvement for Purdue. I'm not acting like they're Georgia, but Georgia haven't played anybody. But um, I mean, there's still a lot of room for improvement. But you got to feel better after watching them week two than you did week one. Mm-hmm. You just Absolutely. have to, not just yes. because they won, but how they went about it. I mean, they yeah. fought so much, yeah. so much adversity throughout the day. Yeah. Um, Which I was going to ask you. So, and because I heard, uh, God. I think it was Boyle, yeah, Boyle Sports in their uh, post-game quick cast was talking about it. Um, but, like, just the logistics of being in the locker room for that long, oh. away, like, I mean, you're a manager. Like, did you guys ever have means, like, hey, like, coming into it? I mean, I don't, you didn't travel a ton with the team. I traveled once, yeah. Yeah. Would you guys ever have any sort of, like, hey, if there's inclement weather, like, here's what we have to, like, because they talk about, like, you know, food. Like, who supplies food? Is that, you know, the home team? Is that, do they have stuff, you know, ready to go? Or, like, did you guys plan for any of that ever? I'm sure game. somebody did, but it didn't get down the chain to me. <laughs> so I would have been the guy having to clean up equipment yeah. or towels or, or or whatnot. But I'm sure there was plans. But that that's probably whole, all different on the road and is at home. Yeah. Um, um, and I know Notre Dame was in a similar situation. Their delay wasn't as long, but they were delayed at NC State to where they didn't have enough food in the locker room. So some of the right. staff had to go to the concessions and get hot dogs and brats for the players. <laughs> <laughs> you want more than uh, right before you oh, get bloated on hot dogs, puking on the sidelines. Process of meat. <laughs> oh boy, but uh, no, I that's interesting. I mean, I would have got so bored. And, and Walter said really? some of the guys played hangman and different things in the <laughs> locker room on the on the whiteboards. They're away, so it's like you all know that away locker rooms are not like as big or nice as the home teams as they shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, right. As it, sh- as it should be gamesmanship, but like you know, like they're all like I mean, you got what fifty at least what fifty guys in the cramped locker room, like mm. didn't smell good. No, awful. <laughs> Football like, locker rooms are the worst yeah. smelling thing in the world. So it's just like God, I can't imagine. Like, yeah, hopefully they're able to like spill out maybe into like the hallway or something, or just to like just so they're not on top of each other for five hours. I would have. <laughs> and, and I didn't get to see the play that they ran right when they came out of the break, but I had a few buddies text me, this better be the best third and seven play call ever because <laughs> they've had five plus hours to think about it. <laughs> well, my favorite was a tweet. It was like after, I think after like Purdue came, it was after the other, the break and they came out and whatever. It was like time of possession, Virginia Tech, like six minutes, <laughs> Purdue five hours and 23 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I'm just glad they got the game in. Yeah, I just kept thinking. I was so mad. And I even tweeted out and I retweeted by our Boiler Breakdown account, which you can follow on Twitter. Not calling an X on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod. Um, I tweeted out, you know, this stinks. You get so fired up as a fan, you only get 12 of these guaranteed a year, mm-hmm. and to think that we might end up in a no contest was just making me depressed. Right, which I mean, especially for this team, like you know, we're hoping just to get the six wins. Like if you go. Five and six, like what is that? Like, does that go into consideration, or are, you, are they saying just, hey, sorry, you didn't win? You know, hey, you had your chance to win your first game, um, which I get, but that that just yeah sucks. You have you have, I mean, the margins are so slim when it comes mm-hmm. to 
you know, trying to make a bowl or not. So yeah, I'm glad they got it in. Cause I was yeah, worried about the no contest because I didn't yeah I didn't know how that was going to affect you know bowls moving forward. Well, and weirdly enough, both teams' bye week was on the same week in October on October twenty oh, uh, first, twenty second, whatever that Saturday is. Mm-hmm. So they could have made it up then, but I don't think either team would have wanted to because right. you need a bye week during the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, especially yeah at that point where mm-hmm. injuries are going to happen and all that. And yeah, but, but I learned a lot about different rules and the weather and stuff. You know, if there's one lightning strike, you got to wait at least thirty minutes. Oh yeah, it restarts the clock. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, I, think I, heard, I think I heard Walter say that even too. Like I think. They were guaranteed that like their their pilots said that they had to leave by like four a.m. or, or like yep. two a.m. I think that's obviously I'm sure has to do with like how long the pilots can be awake and you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, safety's the utmost importance. Um, so he was like, "Oh, we're, but I also thought I said read that like I think ACC rules is as long as the game's started again before midnight, it can right. be played." So it's like I was fully prepared to. <laughs> watch oh this. yeah. At yep. midnight, um, I would have been hey, we've kind of done it before when we played at Hawaii, and and, yeah. and, and and in the next coming years when we're playing at USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, their mm-hmm. game the other night didn't start till ten thirty Eastern <laughs> time. So, yay! That's what we're gonna look forward to. Oh. Can't wait when it's freaking <laughs> December in basketball, and we're watching a ten thirty tip off on a oh, Wednesday geez. night. Yeah. <sighs> Got one. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Money. They got a lot to figure out with all that. Even ba- basketball. I mean, basketball, you would think when you go out to play USC, you're going to play UCLA in the same week and same yeah. thing with Washington, Oregon. But um, never know. Never. But, but, but how about the schools when they travel east? Right. <laughs> they got a lot to figure out, man. I'm, oh, boy. Well, it was, it was the, I mean, the basketball ace is not next year, but the basketball uh, conference schedule should be released hopefully this week. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. That's always fun. It's fun. But anything else uh, as as we prepare for the orange? No, I'm just excited to see Rossi at night. I mean, it's, it's always, I mean, we, uh, we grew up going to games and they happened so infrequently that it was always like, it was a big deal to have a night game. And I feel, I still kind of get that, you know, feel like a little kid of like, man, like just going to, you know, obviously you grew up going to like high school games, which are, those are always at night. So like it kind of has that like nostalgia feel, but yeah, there's just something about, you know, the, a night game in Ross is awesome. And making a point to make sure I get there in time to watch the intro. Me too. <laughs> since I was waiting for my boiler gold when that happened uh, during the yep. Fresno State game. But yeah, so I'm excited. Yep. Yeah, should I play yeah, down to get yeah, up there? Me too. And, and I'm glad you brought up the point. I mean, growing up until 2017, night games were pretty rare. It was only if Notre Dame or Ohio State came into town because there's uh, there Iowa one year. I remember, like the moon was like absolutely. Mass. Yeah, it started in the day and ended at night. It was one of those yeah, late, yeah. like, no- November games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had a couple of those against different teams. But, yeah, because the TV networks had to bring them in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, night games still feel special at Rossade, even though they happen more often now than they used to. And, and yeah. Rossade, I think Rossade at night, call me biased, I think it's a top six stadium in the Big Ten at night. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. So, yeah, there's something about – you know, the light shining down within like like the student section all in black, you know, just like just that that sea of you know black shirts is awesome. Oh, it's gonna be a big sea this time in the south end mm-hmm. zone. Um I was about to say I still remember twenty thirteen Notre Dame coming to town and Turbush throwing a pick like <laughs> first throw of the game. Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven, sorry, yeah. Twenty thirteen was a Bob Hank and Hazel, which right, they, yeah. they played their tails off that game. I will give them yeah, that. B, BJ Knopf had a good game. Remember that? There's a name from the past. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, 2011 was my first freshman year, so I was like, man, no, oh, yeah, student, let's let's do this. And then that happened. I was like, well, never mind. <laughs> I was on the sidelines for that as a manager. I was a volatile right, manager yeah. that year. I was one of three games. I was, I got to be on sidelines, so I was so pumped. <laughs> Uh, Caleb tried to throw on to Gabe Holmes, and I don't remember if he underthrew him or overthrew him, but either way, it was like 20 yard miss. Yeah. And then, literally, two plays later, Michael Floyd burnt Ricardo for a touchdown <laughs> and started a long night. Yes. yes long, man. ugly night. We got dominated in the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball so bad. Mm hmm. Uh-huh. Which, uh, get those guys back on the schedule next year. So, yeah. That's a whole different card conversation but we will save our purdue syracuse prediction for the end but let's go through big 10 country uh, interesting slate of games week three around the nation not that many great games mm-hmm. uh, there's a friday night big 10 game virginia at maryland maryland's a 14 and a half point favorite i'm going maryland and virginia got waxed by tennessee which tennessee's unfortunately legitimately good um early in the year our first game of the season um, but i think until maryland proves otherwise they're i think they're a nice like paternity upset pick like for us especially when they start playing the the top dogs in the east of like you know if it's at maryland like it mean watch out so i like yeah talking about loa yep i do too they're very fast they put up points virginia's one of the worst power five schools out there i felt bad for them you know they had their first home game saturday after that horrible tragic situation around their team late last year and they lost by a point to james madison mm-hmm. uh, which is an in-state school and that's not Easy. Uh, so I like the Terps in that one. Our old buddy Jeffrey Brom and his Louisville Cardinals, 10-point favorites against Indiana at Lucas Oil. This series was supposed to be a three-year series, neutral, home-and-home. Home. Indiana has backed out and made it into a one-game series. Mm-hmm. No, they, well, they think they paid him at least a million bucks to back out. They as they should. Play, as they probably want to play some FCS schools to get one of their... Oh, Monroe State. We need to play them. We need to play them. Right. <laughs> Uh, I saw someone say that they probably saw Louisville. Uh, uh, who, who did Louisville play last week? Uh, oh, they blanked Murray State. They probably thought, oh, we need to, maybe we should uh, <laughs> play the wrong team. <laughs> um, I'm taking Louisville. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I haven't really watched or really paid much attention to Indiana. I mean, obviously their defense look, it says look, look good against Ohio State. Um, I'm still, as of right now, I'm still saying Ohio State's a, a distant third in the East right now just based off their quarterback yep. play. Yep. Um, you know they they whooped Indiana State, but I mean Eastern Illinois blanked them. So the fact that they gave even gave up points to Indiana State should be should be an embarrassment. Um, did I, I'm sure Louisville will travel. I mean we saw we got to see firsthand Louisville fans travel. I mean it's not that far of a drive. It's probably you know slightly longer drive than it is from Bloomington to Indy. They travel big time week one in Atlanta when they played Georgia Tech. So that's true. Yep. Um, we saw them pack. Lucas Oil back in 2017 when Purdue played him for the, for the first game of the Jeff Brom era, um, so it should be a should be a good environment. I'm, I'm taking Louisville to cover. I'm taking Louisville. I think right at 10 points. I think Indiana hangs in there, makes it pretty competitive, but I think Louisville's the better team in the end. See how Jack Plummer does against Indiana. Yeah. Georgia Southern 19 and a half point dogs at Camp Randall against Wisconsin. Wisconsin rolls. Yep, they get a back in a get right game. Number seven, Penn State at Illinois. Penn State's a 14.5-point favorite. This game was supposed to be with the Fox Big Noon crew, and they decided to pack up and head to Boulder. Might as well stay out there all year long. Um, yes, this, I'm actually I'm interested in this game because obviously Illinois had a lot of hype coming into the year, for the, at least on the west side, and then Penn State's looking. 
I think they're the best team in the conference. Yeah, I mean they've got they what's the who's their quarterback? Uh um Al uh, uh yeah, I got it here. Alar, um, yeah. Aller, yeah. Aller, yeah, sorry. Uh, but even like I mean, Illinois quarterback, Altmeyer, he looked he's done he's essentially uh, going back to Hudson Card, he's the straw that stirs their drink too. Like he yep. he won them the game against Toledo um a couple weeks ago. Um I'm gonna take Penn State. Um I don't think they cover though. I think okay. you, know, first, you know, true true test um on the road. Although I don't mean the only fans have shown that even the game is huge. still <laughs> stadium, so who knows? Maybe it might be a whiteout there. I don't know. Um, Illinois needs to show some fight because our do. buddy, who's not an Illinois fan, was saying they're struggling on on the defensive side of the ball and defensive line. Even that was supposed to be real strong for them. So I think I said they don't cover. I think it's maybe around like that fourteen. It's not. It's, four, it's fourteen and a half on the ESPN app. So I'm gonna say that maybe like they don't cover, but it's still like maybe a two two score game. I'm gonna say Penn State rolls. Um, Illinois is lucky not to be on two right now. Yes, they are. So, yeah. Western Michigan, after getting thumped by Syracuse, travels to Kinnick Stadium to take on number 25-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa's a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. They can't even score 28 points. Though, so. What they, they score? 20. Cool. Brian Farron's sweating yet. <laughs> but, but like I said on my, uh, on my other podcast I do last night, I wonder if they'll really own up to that if they go like ten and two, right? You yeah. know, yeah. If they go seven and five, that's one thing. But yeah, right. if they run away with the West and you know yep. put up a, a good fight in the Big Ten championship game to Michigan or Penn State or whoever, like, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, Iowa, like a twenty-seven to three game. I like that. I think they roll yeah. pretty easily in this one. Uh, Virginia Tech going on the road to face Rutgers. Rutgers 2-0 after beating Temple over the weekend. Rutgers is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Go Hokies. Yeah, I think this is a toss-up. I'll take Virginia Tech just because I, I want them to win to help produce yeah. win look even better. But yeah. I really think this is a toss-up. Uh, yeah. I expected Rutgers to get off the 2-0 start, but they've looked a little better doing it than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Northwestern, hey, they blanked Utah, or not blanked they them, but smacked, smacked UTEP 38-7, yeah. to 7, so they got their win in for the year. Uh, they now travel to <laughs> Duke to take – On U.S. soil for the first time in two years. <laughs> uh, they looked uh, pretty happy doing so, which they yeah. should. They traveled to Durham to take on the number 21-ranked Duke Blue Devils, who are 18.5-point favorites. I like this yeah. Duke team. I think they went pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah, I think they cover. I think they are the th- – Third best team to ACC, maybe second. I mean, they beat Clemson. Yeah. So Florida State's the best in that conference. So uh, I know who's the worst in that conference, Boston College. <laughs> have you seen them this year, Evan? I have not. Listen to this. I got to go find them now. Oh, they host Florida State this week. What oh is the line God. on that? <laughs> Only 26. I'm surprised. Oh. Actually, Boston College is 1-1. One one. I thought they were 0-2. They beat – oh, I thought they lost. They beat Holy Cross 31-28. I swore they lost. And they lost to Northern Illinois 27-24. We went, I swore they lost to Holy there. Cross. We've been there. We've seen Northern Illinois lost. I know. I thought they lost yeah. Holy Cross. Never mind. Darn it. I thought they were Roman too. But I take it back. You're still bad. You're still bad. Boston College. Yeah. Um, Minnesota. 
off the 2-0 start. Not looking the prettiest doing it, but they're off the 2-0 start. They're rowing their boats out east to Chapel Hill to take on number 20-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. And uh, let's see how Drake May plays this Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, North Carolina escaped an upset against Appalachian State and former Purdue office line coach Sean Clark out there, double overtime win. Um, But Drake May... Uh, I threw for 208 yards, but no touchdowns, no interceptions on Saturday. Um, again, also the game was affected by weather too. I was it, that's it true. Had to be affected by weather, so yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Um, Carolina seven point favorites. I should throw that in there. I think yeah, I think around maybe seven to ten. Um, especially with it being at home. Yeah, if Minnesota wins this, the chatter start gonna chatter's gonna come out there. Mm-hmm. People are gonna start talking about them. Because right now, I think the Big Ten West is pretty open. Yes. I know it's only two weeks, and you can't really make too many observations. But It's Iowa, and then a lot of question marks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Western Kentucky, the 2-0 Hilltoppers. Uh, traveled to number six, Ohio State, who's 2-0. Ohio State's 28-point favorites. Um, they need to look sharp this game because they travel to South Bend next Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Ohio State wins, but they don't cover. I agree with you. I, they just haven't I think, looked I that yeah, sharp. Win, I can see they win like by like twenty one. Yeah, but yeah, I they just this should be a game they win. Yeah, by 30, 35 if they want to make a statement because yeah, right now it's not looking so great over there. A friend of ours was uh, he's going to be in town next Friday for the Purdue Wisconsin game, and he has never been to Notre Dame Stadium. Wants to eventually. He was looking at what ticket prices were just for the heck of it. For Ohio State on Saturday, the cheapest okay. one he could find was five hundred dollars, which I was surprised he I was surprised he could find one that low. That's what I told yeah. him. He's not doing it, but that's yeah. I was surprised he found one that low. Um, number eight, Washington at Michigan State. Both teams two and zero. Michigan State, of course, we hit on it earlier, uh, going through a lot of a lot um, of distractions. Distraction and turmoil right now. Huskies are 16-point favorites. Michael Penix back in Big Ten country. Yep. Um, who's there? Is D'Antonio back? Uh, he's a, he's helping. Um, okay, that's what I But thought. they named one of their assistants as the interim. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where we're like, you know, does the team, you know, get distracted by it or do they rally around each other and all that, you know, BS. Um, but Washington's legit. Um, yes, they are. Pac-12 is awesome. Between six them, ranked teams, yeah, between them, Oregon, um, Utah, uh, you've got, I mean, Oregon State's pretty good as well. Um, yeah, I think Washington covers. You didn't, you didn't mention the name everybody else has thrown out there in the college football world in the Pac 12. So thank you. Oh, thank yes, you. Yeah. <laughs> thank I you, forgot, Evan. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah. Colorado. Yeah. My Twitter feed is so loaded. They're my third least favorite college football team right yeah. now. Um, I think Michigan State hangs in there and covers, but they lose. I think they play with emotion. Maybe they get ahead early, places rocking up there at Spartan yeah. Stadium, but Washington's got too much talent. Yeah. Northern Illinois, uh, not very good team. Like I said, they did beat Boston College week one, but they lost to Southern Illinois 14-11. to But they're only 10.5-point dogs at Nebraska. Because Nebraska's 0-2, it doesn't matter who their head coach is, they can't get out of their own way. Justin or Jeff Sims is a walking turnover waiting to happen. What do you have three turnovers by like, by, like literally by himself? Like threw a pick and botched two snaps. <laughs> oh my god! 
Um, God, if Nebraska loses this game, like, I, I, I unfortunately like Matt Rule. Um, at least the college coach, I know he wasn't great in the NFL, but that's a different beast. Um, I think he'll, if they give him time, I think he can do some good things there just because they've got the brand behind them. They've got the boosters for the NIL. Like they've got all the right things you need. That's why you keep thinking they're going to wake up. Maybe they're just a program that's never going to wake up. Hope not. Uh, (laughs) I think Nebraska wins. I think they cover not by a lot of them. Yeah. Like a two, like 14 to 17 point win. Um, They should win by a lot more, but until I see it, yeah, we'll see. Cause yeah, they, they have not looked good. No, they haven't. Ugly game against Minnesota. And then, yeah, they got waxed against the, old rival like their defense was pretty good the first half of that colorado game and then just fell apart from the second half uh, which i know colorado's got athletes all over the place don't yeah yeah, we'll probably talk about them in a minute or two um and then bowling green at michigan you know michigan and georgia top two teams in the country and they're not challenging themselves at all bowling green and a half you know one on one bowling (laughs) or michigan's playing a one on one bowling green team 40 and a half point spread which is they're not i don't think they cover but they win easily yeah, they win 30-plus easily. And then Jimmy Boy comes back next week and they host Rutgers. <laughs> so, oh, yep. Yep. Around the country, like I said, top 25 matchups aren't that great this week. Um, I guess there's a decent one on Saturday. Number 14, LSU travels a 2-0 uh, Mississippi State, and LSU's a 9.5-point favorite. Yeah, I think LSU... Yeah. Covers. Yeah. 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 I do too. Number 15, Kansas State 2 0 travels to 2 0 Missouri. Kansas State's a five point favorite five in that one. Favorite. I might take Missouri in the upset. I could see that. I'll take Kansas State, but it wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. Um, Notre Dame will roll. Oregon State should roll. Oklahoma should roll. Alabama should roll, even though that's a very rare road non conference game for Alabama. What I see, it was like that shit in our group chat. It was like the like whatever number of away this game this is for Nick Saban in Alabama or the Nick Saban era in Alabama. It's is um, criminally low. Yeah, it, like, as long as he's been there. Um, yeah, I want to say it was like single digits and like low single digits. Yeah, I, think. I know they went to Texas last year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they would play like a neutral game at the start of the year, you yeah, know, like a kickoff neutral, game. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere like South Florida. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they should roll. Um, I, I saw some, I think it might be on TikTok or something, but someone talked about like, you know, I, I think the Alabama era is really, I think it's over, um, like officially, um, just because someone said like the rate, like the transfer portal um, ruined Saban's. Uh, philosophy because he was able to for the longest time convince kids to come you know you come here you're going to win a national championship because it was true like it was every like mm-hmm. at least every four years they're winning a national championship and he was able to have elite talent behind elite talent you know sit on the bench for two to three years and then get their chances as, as a senior so yep. if one guy went down they had a legitimate starting caliber kid coming right in and you know not dropping off at all but now the fact that these kids you know if they don't play they can go anywhere it's it's kind of I mean, they're still obviously really good. I would sure. kill for how good they are, but um, you know, the yep. it's it's leveled the playing field. Yeah, very well said. Very good points. Um, Texas took it to them. I mean, I know they only won by what ten or eleven, but there's a reason Nick Saban had never lost 
a home game by double digits at Alabama. You had to go back to his LSU days the last time that happened mm-hmm. to him. And good for Texas, and Texas is back. They are fully back and ranked up number four. Uh, Georgia does host South Carolina, but Georgia is a 27.5-point favorite. Yeah. I think they take it to Shane Beamer and the boys there. I think the best game of the week is Tennessee at Florida, and Florida's not even that good. And Florida's not even that good. Tennessee's 2-0, number 11, 6.5-point favorites, and I think they'll win by 10. Yeah, my friend is a Tennessee fan. He's he is he's worried about this game just because he's like, you know, Florida is now kind of how Tennessee was a handful of years ago, where they're you know a proud program that is just mediocre at best right now. Um, I was listening to a podcast and actually brought up a good point. Um, and they're talking about Colorado. Um, ah, no, what? Yeah, and they're talking about you know. Would you know? Does Dion, you know, how long does Dion stay at Colorado? Like, you know, if he, if he, you know, gets into a playoff this year, does he stay or does he jump? And it'd be cool if he stays. It'd be cool just to have that type of parody. But like, they brought up like, so I think like him and Florida State are on great terms. Like, would he go to Florida? Because <laughs> that would be NFL. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but what is what? I, I'd be like, I feel like there's a huge jump between like how you can coach college kids, yeah, and, and versus oh, yeah. like. 22 to 30 year old grown men. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, what I mean, is thing? I mean, I don't, I've never, I haven't really watched much of him. Like what his like style working in the NFL. I have no idea. Um, he's obviously doing something right right now. Yeah. I mean, he's got great talent. Don't get me wrong. I mean, um, Sanders has been a good freshman court, sophomore quarterback Hunter. Uh, I mean, to be that good on both sides of the ball is ridiculous. He's not um, recruit the country. Yeah, and he literally that? plays hundred yeah. plus snaps a game because he plays both yeah. sides of the ball. Which isn't That's stupid. The same, I don't think, but um, I mean, he's got he's and, and you know this is a program that was good in the nineties, even the early two thousands. They've been awful for a decade, and they're starting for anything. So get off the two no start and beat the defending national runners up on the road when they were down at different points in the fourth quarter and then to beat an old-time rival in Nebraska. I get it. I get the excitement. I mean, I see people already that are Colorado fans already freaking out on my Twitter, like, how do we keep Coach Prime? We need to give him a contract extension, like give him get him a, a percentage of the tickets sold every game and this and that. Like, I still guess in 2018. <laughs> anything they, yeah, anything they can do. Um but game day's out there for this Rocky Mountain Showdown, which I don't even know why they call it that anymore because it's such a bad rivalry. Colorado and Colorado State. Colorado State's 0-1. They got waxed by Washington State Week 1. But they've had a whole – because they didn't play last week, so they've had a whole two weeks to prepare for Colorado. You know they're sick of hearing the talk from Colorado. Jay Norvell's their coach, which was at Nevada uh, when oh, we yeah. played them last. Um, I think Colorado will win pretty easily, but they could get caught looking ahead because they go at Oregon next week, then host USC the week after that. Now, right. say they win these next three games, my God. Yeah, it's going to be. My God. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, I've never been a big Deion Sanders fan anyways prior to when he became a college football coach. I always thought he was a pretty arrogant guy. I mean, that, that was just his mantra, even when he was a player. Yeah. Uh, but it's working for him to get recruits. I'm not – I've never been huge on these turnover things that people do on the sidelines. I don't know if you saw yeah. his that he introduced. No, Tur- turnover throne on Saturday. It's a legit throne that guys can go sit on oh if they God. get a turnover. Uh, you know, I-, I respect Akron Zip's tire. Somebody gets to wear a tire around their neck. I respect that. Yeah. But a throne's a little over the boat. But it-, it is crazy the amount of celebrities that are starting to go to Colorado games. Mm-hmm. Um 
and just the buzz. If it wasn't for my Twitter feed, maybe I wouldn't get so annoyed with it. But yeah. I, I'm a big Denver Bronco fan. A lot of listeners of the podcast know this. So you can look at my background there. And when I have people or I hear people calling in the Denver Bronco post game say, well, at least we have the buffs. I want to say, shut up, one. Two, you didn't even like college football three weeks ago. Right. And that's what I know our group chat was saying. It's good. You know, this was before the Nebraska game, which one of our friends said, we'll see how packed their stadium is when they're five and seven come into the year. But, um, which would still be a great, it would. We've been, we've been there, recovered yeah. from the dumpster. So we get it, yeah. but it is, yeah, it's still in just trying to get used to not Coach Sanders, it's Coach Prime, different mm-hmm. things like that. It's just, it's just new to me, but hey, everything's changing in college sports. But, uh, yep. I kind of hope they get humbled pretty quickly. And a loss Saturday would do so to Colorado State. It's yeah. not going to happen, but it would do so. It would do so. All right, last game to predict tonight, our Boilermakers versus Syracuse. Right now the line is Syracuse two-and-a-half-point favorites, 7.30 NBC. Who do you got? Final score prediction, MVP. Oh, I got the Boilers. Duh. I think it's like a 35 to 30 game. I think we're going to see some points, um, maybe even more. Like a, I can see like a 42 35 game. Uh, I don't know if my heart can take that. No, no. I missed, <laughs> I missed the, uh, the, the game we talked about earlier, the Missouri game in 2018. Was it 2018? Oh, uh, yeah. Back and forth, yeah, which Jared Sparks to this day had a foot down. I don't know why they reversed yeah. that call. Um, so I missed that game. Um, I'm going to say Hudson Cards, MVP. I like it. I, I think, well, I, I would go with you because because of my bull prediction of him throwing over 300 yards, but I, I'm going to have to go with somebody else because we can't agree on that. Right. Um, but my final score will be Boilers 34, Syracuse 24. I think Purdue gets a 10-point win. I think I, I think I did that last week. I think 27-17 was my prediction. I was close. <laughs> close I was yeah. close. Uh, MVP... Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let's go with TJ Sheffield. Ooh, I like that. TJ Sheffield. So I he think has, I think some, had some glimpses here and there of yeah breaking out and yeah. Yep. Yep. And Hudson missed him one time on a deep one that would have been a touchdown too Saturday. So so can't wait to be back in Ross Sade. Try to get some revenge on the orange from that frustrating loss last year. But before we go, we got to remind everybody who this podcast is brought to you by. If it wasn't for these two great businesses, this podcast would not be possible. And one of those sponsors is Mad Mushroom. The Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, who has been serving Boilermakers since 1993. Mad Mushroom is located in the heart of West Lafayette and is well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever Evan, Andrew, or myself visit, we like to sit down and have an ice-cold beer by trying out their latest pizza of the month, which their pizza of the month for September is Rob's Bourbon Chicken. It's pizza topped with lots of chicken and bourbon sauce, onion, celery, mozzarella, cheese, and finished with toasted sesame seeds. If that sounds good to you, make sure you place an order next time you're in town. And tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Or if you're like myself and like to order a lot of food online, you can get on their website, madmushroom.com. Use the coupon code BREAK5. That's in all caps. And you can claim your discount code that way as well. That's Mad Mushroom. Feed your head. Got plenty of time before the game on Saturday. Plenty of time. It's very true. Get cheese sticks, get pizza, get wings, get grinders, get beer, get all the above. Can't go wrong. 
Kikoro. And Evan, who is that lovely shirt you're wearing made by? Actually, a fun, fun story about the shirt. So this was, it's from the shop. Duh. Uh, <laughs> so years ago, before I even really knew what, like I had been to the shop before, like before we even done, had done any podcasting together. Um, and I, you know, I knew about it because I knew that they were like, hey, they had Purdue stuff. They had, you know, other stuff. And they had, it was kind of more vintage look. And I loved it because it was the drum script. I'm a big fan of the script. Um, so this was the first shirt I ever bought. However, the original one I had, it developed a hole in it because I wore it so much in the, the, the pit area. And so I had to retire it. And I was very bummed because they, they got rid of it. Um, and, uh you know, I just had a birthday and I was, my family was really, Hey, what do you want for your birthday? So of course I went to the shop and had to see, you know, what else was there I didn't have already. Um, had to have them use the, the promo code and lo and behold, I saw they had the drum script shirt back in stock in my size. So I said, I want this shirt and their use book code breakdown. Uh, got her 25% off and got me this awesome shirt. They've even changed the material. It's a, I like the material a lot more than I did. Beautiful. Um, but that being said, the Bull Breakdown is brought to you by The Shop. The Shop has been bringing, bringing sports and hometown apparel to fans since 2011 from the humble beginnings in garages and basements. You can find them at their two retail store locations, one Carmel, one in the Broad Ripple area of Indy. And you can also find them online. They make comfortable shirts. It makes everybody happy. They're located in Carmel, Indianapolis, as well as online at theshopindy.com. They make the best shirts, period. Truly believe that. It's super soft, super comfortable. They look good on you. Um Next time you're shopping online, use promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your entire order. Yep, can't go wrong. And if uh, I even have the drum, the drum uh, drinking glass, too. Beautiful. I need to get my, I really need to get myself one of those. I've been meaning to get some oh, drinkware. I'm afraid to put in dishwasher. I hand wash them just to be safe. But. Yeah, smart man. Smart man. That's why you, you can tell be you careful. went to Purdue. You're a smart man. Uh, even if you have a family member or a friend that's not a Boilermaker, uh, for one, that's too bad. But two, uh, if, if they went through another college in Indiana or if they like the Colts, the Pacers, 8500, just state of Indiana, pop culture, the shop's got you taken care of no matter what you're looking for. So, All right, Webby, anything else that you want to hit on before we uh, call this episode a wrap? Uh, Zach Eady got, got what, uh, bronze with Team Bronze, Canada. yep. Team yep. Game, so he should be back on campus soon. It's crazy that he, <laughs> he just <laughs> missed a couple weeks of school. Online classes, my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, good to have him back. It'll be good to have him back and kind of see him in, in pictures with the team again. Uh, they've had plenty of time to, to learn to play without him. Hopefully that pays dividends down the road. Hopefully we don't need to have that pay dividends. But um, another exciting time. we got a you know, big recruiting weekend uh, for basketball and – uh, football always a big weekend, so I'm excited for them to see the atmosphere at Ross State, and can't wait to be there in person for any round section one. Was it 121? Is that where we're at? 122. 122. Stop it. They changed the seat. Yeah, I forgot they changed the uh, the way they have the sections numbered, um, which seemed to give a lot of people trouble last or Fresno State. I'm not sure why. It's like it, <laughs> it's was like this isn't like obligated people just figure it out. Um, anyways, we have excited to be back in Ross State this weekend. It's been too long, even though it's only been two weeks, but can't wait to be back. Yep. It's not freezing hot, so that'll be, thank God. Yes, night game. <laughs> it won't be as hot or uh, shouldn't be as hot. It looks like I think the forecast high is 78 right now, and at night it mm-hmm. won't even be that hot. So should be feeling good. Should be a good, uh, good calm, cool night in Ross State. Hopefully it's not calm. Hopefully Ross State is rocking rockin', on yeah. NBC. And hopefully next week I'm having a nice glass of orange juice on the pod <laughs> to celebrate a big win and squeeze the juice right out of the orange. And as we boil it up, hammer down and beat the orange. Boil it up. <laughs>